0: You are listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball
1: career guide. Play ball. Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, I got a great episode for you today. I have two guys that played for the Rouen Huskies of the French Elite League. Uh, they won a championship this year in 2015 with the Huskies. Uh, one of them is an IBC placed import, Jeff McKenzie. In community college, he was an outfielder, actually, in California, and he made it to the state championships, and they, his team ran out of pitching, so the coach uh, called on him to pitch in the final championship game, uh, where he pitched a complete game and, and got the win for his team, and uh, from then on, he was, he was converted to a pitcher. Uh, he ended up... Um, getting picked up by Cal State, Bakersfield, and uh, pitched there for two seasons where he was pitcher of the year in both seasons. From there, he was drafted by the Chicago White Sox where he spent two seasons playing rookie ball and A ball. He did quite well in rookie ball and struggled a little in A ball, uh, but still put up some decent numbers. However, he was released. At that point, Jeff had lost a little passion for the game and decided maybe overseas was the route he should go to regain that passion. Uh, After speaking to one of his buddies, Johnny Montoya, who came over to Austria in 2014 to play baseball, he learned about the International Baseball Community website and contacted the International Baseball Community, and the rest is history. On the other uh, side of the coin, we have Owen Ozenich. He was a podcast guest in, I think it was IBC podcast episode number five or four. Uh, Owen was born in France, actually, and at a young age, moved to the U.S., where he grew up playing baseball in Vermont. Uh, from there, he ended up with the University of Vermont Catamounts uh, as a walk-on and appeared in 35 games over two seasons, where he found quite a bit of success. But after that, he, he didn't get drafted. Uh, he didn't play pro ball in the States. Uh, so he set his sights on France, where he had dual citizenship. Uh, once he discovered that there was baseball in France, Uh, To his surprise, uh, he jumped on that opportunity and ended up uh, choosing the team at the top of the league, which is a smart choice, obviously, the Rouen Huskies. Uh, So he joined them and he won championships with them in 2011, 12, and 13. Uh, He also played for the French national team at the WBC qualifier. Uh, and in European championships with the French national team. Most recently, he also was selected to Team Europe to travel to Japan, to Tokyo, to play against the Japanese team. So, I mean, uh, you know, he took full advantage of this dual citizenship, and now he's experiencing... Uh, You know Something that many people would would love to do Uh, He's traveling around Europe playing baseball uh, Traveling around the globe playing baseball, I should say Um, So it's quite an interesting story And uh, he shares a lot of that with you in this podcast episode However, we're going to start off with an interview just with Jeff That I took uh, in June And then I'm going to follow it up with one at the end of the season Where I interviewed both the guys uh, And that'll be the second part of this podcast episode Number 54 Just a quick pause for our sponsor, Sambat. IBC is now a supplier for Sambat in Europe. So any clubs looking for team orders can contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com and we'll hook you up. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So uh, before we jump into your experience in France right now, uh, can you take us back to uh, the college days and... um, and basically your career up until this point mm-hmm.
0: Well I went to a first I went to a junior college at a high school uh, in California where I'm from Northern California just south of Sacramento mm-hmm. and uh, I played there for two years. The first year I was just a strictly an outfield only because when I first got there they told me to pick pitching or outfield because they said if I pick both I won't get many much playing time yeah. so I picked the outfield and then halfway through the year we weren't doing so well. And I thought, man, I can pitch for this team. This team's not very good. I can pitch for them. So the next year, I I told my coach, I said, I want to pitch two next year. And he said, okay. But I was doing so good as an outfielder that he's like, I can't lose you as an outfielder. I need you in the outfield too. Mm -hmm. So my sophomore year, I was mostly – I was the center fielder for everything. And then I think I threw like five innings the whole season up until playoff time. And then when I hit playoffs, we played in playoffs, made all the way to the California State Championship, and we, had a, we came up to the loser's bracket, and we made we, it's a double elimination, and we get to the final game, and we have no more pitching. And I remember we won the first game, we're high-fiving, and then my pitching coach comes up to me after the game and says, hey, Jeff, you're starting. And I go, <laughs> center, center field? Yeah, I know, I'm starting center field. And he goes, no, 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 you're starting on the mound next game. And I said, oh, Really? So <laughs> I start warming up. I play catch, get on the mound, start throwing my bullpen. And our pitching coach comes up to me and goes, all right, Jeff, we don't need a miracle out of you. We just need a quality start. Just give us a good five or six innings yeah. and we'll take there. Yeah. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. So started pitching. was doing really well. I think I had four pickoffs in the championship game.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. And, and uh, I ended up pitching a complete game. We won four to one, yeah. seven hits. So, I mean, it really worked out well. We ended up winning that game. And then after that, I got a uh, scholarship to play at CSU Bakersfield Division One. It's more of a smaller school, but mm-hmm. they're up on the upper rise. And so I went there, pitched two years in there, had two really good years at Bakersfield. I was My first year, I was Independent Pitcher of the Year. And then my senior year, I was WAC Pitcher of the Year when we joined the WAC. Mm-hmm. And then and so I had like a 1.8 ERA my senior year. So I had a really good career at Bakersfield as well and then from there I got drafted by the Chicago White Sox played two years with the White Sox
1: and now I'm in France yeah wow <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing and so based on your five innings and that playoff that that one game in the playoffs uh, Bakersfield um, you, you went on with uh, you got some interest from Baker, Bakersfield just based on that limited yeah. pitching experience
0: yeah but actually the funny thing is our coach wasn't there the head coach it was the it was the one of the coaches for the junior college because we played the junior college for the state championship in bakersfield oh. so the junior college coach saw me and told the head coach at bakersfield hey you need to check okay. this guy out
1: yeah and then from there it's just it took off so okay so so you played a couple years yeah. in the minors um mm-hmm. what, what made you like i i checked out you know, your your stats on base baseball reference and you know mm-hmm. looked pretty good so What made you decide to to go overseas? What was the the turning point there? Oh
0: Well, yeah, I played two years for the White Sox, and I thought I did pretty good. I mean, my first year I did amazing. I had like a 1-4 ERA, had six saves, and Mm -hmm. did really good for like the 25 innings. Then my my next year, I did good at rookie ball, and I got promoted to low A, and kind of was hit and miss, like was up and down for part of the season, which kind of threw my numbers off. I still felt like I finished strong and did good, but I guess it wasn't good enough for the White Sox. So they released me, and then after I got released, I was trying to decide, okay, what do I want to do? Do I really want to continue playing this game, or do I want to stop mm-hmm. go play independent ball, what, what it was? And um, I don't know, for some reason, I kind of, after playing two years of minor league ball, kind of lost a little bit of the passion for the game. became more of a job rather than, yeah. than something that I enjoyed playing. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I need to find a way to figure out how to get the passion back for the game. Yeah. And so I thought, why not try going playing overseas somewhere? I had a buddy who I played with at Bakersfield who I th- went through you guys, Jonathan Montoya.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah.
0: and uh, I asked him, I said, hey, how did you go play overseas? And he told me about your guys' website. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. So I filled the, the profile and then got teams interested in me and I felt like coming overseas would probably be the best way for me to get the passion back for the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you hired our service for that. Our, our service was still relatively new when you when you hired us. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I just had so many requests for guys to get that extra help because they didn't really know how to go about it and uh, so Zach basically was helping you out. I, I yeah. signed Zach to your case and pretty quick you got you got some interest um Um, probably i think more than one club was looking at you but you ended up signing with the Rouen huskies um, Mm -hmm. in france the the top well traditionally the top team in france last year they weren't uh, but i think that's where you come in and um, (laughs) so so far things are going pretty good Uh, what's what's your experience like so far like how are you enjoying france has it brought back that passion that you're looking for
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been France has been great. It's a beautiful country. The people are really nice to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only the only downside is, is not knowing the language and not understanding what people are talking about when you're standing there.
1: Yeah,
0: and so and so, but, I mean, most people, especially in this town, know English a little, at least a little bit, to can be able to communicate with you. So it's been fun, and then and yeah, definitely being here is definitely. Spark back the, the passion for the game because all these guys that are playing on the team. All the French guys don't get paid by the team, they're just it's kind of just recreational for them. Yeah, and so they have their jobs during the week, and then on the weekends, they come and play baseball. And so, they we play games, we goof off, we have a good time. So, it's definitely brought, brought back the old passion I had where we just go out and have some fun and play some ball basically
1: yeah Yeah, and quit worrying about stats and and, you know careers and things like that just go out and have fun and and playing with guys like that that you know they work 9 to 5 and then they then you know their life revolves around baseball and, and you see that those are typically the guys that are playing with passion, you know, because
0: yeah,
1: they they're you know they drop everything and go play baseball after a long day at work, and mm-hmm. um, so I could see how that could could do that. So so far the season's going well. You um, I, last time I checked, I think you're five and all, and yes, your record anyway as a pitcher, right? Or or yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm five and out We're twelve and overall right now. Twelve and all. So re- they've regained the first spot. I think they bowed out in the semifinal last year, which yeah. after I think winning ten of the last eleven previous eleven yeah. or something like that was I think a disappointment for them. Um, but now you guys are on track, and you're five and zero personally, and your ERA. I think you're at, uh, there's a big goose egg right now. So still, still a big goose egg. Yeah, that's 30, 38 innings I've thrown. I don't want to jinx anything. I apologize <laughs> in advance. But, no, it's all good. You know, <laughs> no, you're you're doing good, so that's good to hear. Um, so uh how the transition going pretty much straight from minor league ball to semi pro baseball over in france and and not speaking mm-hmm. the language and only playing on weekends has it been a tough transition or how are you finding it
0: uh it's it's been it's been a little weird it's definitely weird going from playing baseball every day to once a week basically we have practice and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's definitely been a little bit of a change so it's I've had a lot of downtime, so trying to figure out what to do with the downtime. Yeah, uh, we have a gym membership, so I go work out a lot, yeah. and so and then talk to people back home, do some stuff around here. So, and I also help coach like 15 U team here with some of the other guys on the team. So that's help. Eat up some of the time, at least. Yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely seems to be the complaint over the last couple of years yeah. doing this. Like uh, with the website, uh it's just the downtime. I have an import that lives with me that plays on our team, and you know, I, I feel for him sometimes when I'm I'm heading off to work, or you know, mm-hmm. I got I, my life's pretty busy, so I I see him just kind of looking for stuff to do, and and I can yeah I know what you're going through, and it's I think it's even worse there as far as the language is concerned, like in in austria they speak english quite well and yeah i think in france it's a little different so yeah it's just a little bit there's i mean there's been some times where people come
0: talk talk to me and i tell them i'm american and french the few things i know how to say yeah and and then they like they kind of like sign language things that they need from me or want or asking for so sometimes it's difficult but do you find they shy away
1: from you a little bit when you say you're American or are they like trying to engage in conversation?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, some some engage, but others... Like, so people who actually speak English will start engaging with me, but the ones who aren't comfortable with their English or they think their English is bad yeah. will kind of stay away from yeah. us, basically.
1: That's pretty much how it works, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, what about the guys on the team? Have they been, you know, pretty uh, helpful in terms of, you know... Providing you with things to do, or showing you around, or taking you. Up. Oh
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, we have we have a really good team here. They're all all the guys are super friendly, super nice. All of them on the team at least know a little bit of English, so they all communicate. Yeah, we'll go with one of the guys who don't work as much. I'll we'll go hang with them. They'll come over to our place, hang out. They'll take us out in the town sometimes, take us to bars or whatnot. So yeah. they've all been really helpful and really nice guys. Yeah,
1: and uh financially how is it are you um you're able to get by and then and then a little or or um
0: yeah yeah i've been i've been able to each month be able to afford food food's a little bit more expensive here than in the states yeah. and uh but it's going good i've had a little i've saved up a little money to go travel this summer a little bit so that'll be fun
1: yeah how do you find the baseball in france do you find it well you know you got an era of 0.00 <laughs> so i mean you know i think it's it's Obviously, a, a, a lower level of baseball, but let's maybe you know if you could describe the league in any way. How would you? How would you do that?
0: Yeah, there's there's eight teams in the league, and it it's kind of like a, the top four teams are pretty competitive. Like they'll give us a little one for our money, kind of, mm-hmm. and then but the bottom four kind of just drops off pretty bad, pretty quickly after yeah. the the top top four. Yeah, but, um, but I mean. I mean, there's any day it could be anybody's game. Uh, we played like I think the third place team a couple weeks ago, and we only won one. of The games one to zero. So I mean, there's chances of stuff happen, but I mean, I would compared to like the states is definitely not at the level of like minor league ball or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still pretty competitive. It can be some games more competitive than others, just depending on who's pitching and who's playing in the field at that time.
1: Yeah. If you took those top four teams, could you say like it's like a above average independent team, like maybe a team that could be competitive in the Frontier League or anything like that?
0: Oh, I, th- I think I think the team I'm on right now could compete in in my league ball too, up to like maybe high. A.
1: Okay, that's I've heard that before too. So I just I'm trying to get an idea uh, for those listening and for myself because I you know I. I've yeah. watched online a little bit and cool. So, I think what we'll do then is, you know, I know you're still pretty early in the season. Uh maybe we'll um mm-hmm. we'll, we'll touch base again and maybe we'll follow up and um combine the two interviews together on uh, on your experience. Sounds good? All right. Well, cool. Good luck this weekend and um Thank maybe you. if you have any advice for anyone that's looking to play overseas or uh how to go about it or or any tip for uh,
0: I would, I would definitely highly recommend your guys' website, baseballjobsoverseas.com. dot com. It really, that definitely got me to the team I am now, and I don't regret using your guys' service. It was you guys were really hands on, really helped me out, which was really helpful.
1: Okay, great. Thanks for the plug, <laughs> and also yeah, um, no problem. Yeah, um, what about uh, any tip about how to prepare yourself for the downtime? Anything that you kind of know now that you didn't know before that maybe to help you get get through the the long summer days where maybe it rains four days in a row or something like that
0: yeah uh i'd say find hobbies to do while yeah. you're here <laughs> yeah.
1: plan ahead maybe yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah go explore the cities
0: go yeah. on trips or whatnot just keep yourself busy basically
1: yeah perfect thanks jeff you know no and, problem uh, we'll touch base again sometime sounds good all right take care man. all right bye okay guys that's the end of part one of this two-part episode the second part is with both jeff mckenzie and owen ozenich owen has been in rouen with the huskies since 2011 uh you can listen to an old podcast episode i believe it was number five with owen and uh, yeah so we'll listen to more about the story and how the season went for the two in 2015 right now owen jeff welcome to the podcast thanks for having us thank you Uh, So first of all, I think a congratulations is in order. You guys just came off. uh, What is that? How many championships is that in 10 or 11 years? 10 out of 11, is that right? Uh, 11 out of 13, I think. 11 out of 13. So uh, can you take me through the season? Like, uh, I know you guys came off maybe a disappointing season last year, not winning in uh, 2014. Jeff wasn't there at that point um maybe that had something to do with it but uh (laughs) so uh coming off that what how did the season look early on and uh what were maybe the differences that led to a championship this year
2: uh i guess i'll talk about the differences um i think the team chemistry was really good this year um even just right from the get go, all the guys, the new the new players, each brought something different to the to the team.
1: Yeah,
2: and uh, obviously uh, winning games helps a lot with team chemistry. Uh, but yeah, last year a couple things didn't go our way. Uh, we really we didn't have a bad season. We just didn't reach our goals like uh, we're accustomed to, and so. Uh, I think it kind of snowballed a little bit last year, and uh, this year it kind of did the opposite, but in the, the positive direction. You know, we just kept building off of our wins and gaining more confidence.
1: Yeah, well, if I if I look at the stats here too, it looks like Ruin uh, the Ruin Huskies led in almost every category. Obviously, in the standings, uh, thirty-one and two, which is pretty remarkable. Batting average as well. Uh, 330 bat- team batting average, pitching 1.47 ERA. Obviously, you two had a lot to do with that. Um, <laughs> team fielding. Uh, if I look at the maybe the batting, you get you know you don't have as many guys in the top, so probably a well balanced lineup. I'm assuming.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's great about our lineup. We some days our three guys, top three guys, would hit get four or five hits in a game, or our bottom guys didn't do so much. But then like in the final, our top four or five guys didn't really hit well, but our bottom guys were what produced in the finals. That's what made our lineup so difficult. You couldn't rest as a pitcher between after you get through the first five and be like, okay, now I can relax and cruise through the last part of the lineup. Our whole lineup could hit at any point in the game.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's great. That's always nice to have because typically in these European leagues, I find that well, what I keep hearing, and I know from my experiences yeah. too, is that once you get through one to four, or one to five, then it's you kind of breeze through the bottom of the order. But yeah, uh, I think that's probably what separated Ruin over the all these years. So um, or Ruin, I got to put that French touch on it. I, I still say it wrong. Uh, so Jeff, you were last time we spoke. I think you were. Six zero or seven zero, and you hadn't given up given up an earned run, <laughs> an earned <laughs> oh, run at good that point. Uh, <laughs> uh, So that pretty much carried on throughout the rest of the season. You did suffer one loss. It looks like uh, yeah, in the finals. Okay, so okay, because I'm looking at the French stats, and I guess they this is the combined season and yeah. the playoffs. Okay, yeah, you lost. It was game one.
3: Yep, okay. it was just it was a good game. I mean, I really didn't pitch bad, but it wasn't pitching to what I've been accustomed to pitching to all year. Yeah. I only gave up, I think, two earned runs that game, yeah. and uh, I had 10 strikeouts in almost seven innings, so I pitched good. They just hit me a little bit better, and and I uh, tip my hat off to Will Muston for uh, pitching his, his butt off that game kept yeah. us at zero runs that game so can't really win a game if we don't lose 20 runs so
1: yeah and I think that's a pretty big feat on his part considering oh, yeah. that you guys hit 330 as a team on the year so uh, so that obviously had a lot to do with that but if I look at your ERA 0.44 over 100 in three innings with 120 strikeouts and only 11 walks It's pretty remarkable and then <clears throat> Owen isn't too far behind with 1.38 our ERA and only seven walks on the year So I mean Between the two of you guys Obviously that had A lot to do with it um, yeah. yeah So How did the how did, So how How did the playoffs go then From that point you, You're Was that the first game
3: That was the very first game Of the yeah. final
1: Okay So How does that work with imports pitching Because I know Here in Austria uh, You have to have a A French passport Or sorry French passport An Austrian passport In games one Three and five of a series, really? like a French pitcher. Yeah, I mean, geez, an Austrian pitcher in games one, three, and five. I need more coffee. Interesting. Uh,
2: Here, I think the foreigners are limited to a certain amount of innings, um, and it could be one foreign pitcher, two foreign pitchers, but they only are allowed to pitch nine innings per weekend. Okay. So, uh, for example, we had another foreign pitcher um, from Chile. His name was Pablo Osandan, and he would uh, he would usually in the regular season get like one or two innings depending on if Jeff left any <laughs> if he didn't pitch a complete game yeah. so it's, yeah that's how it works in France at
1: least and so that probably didn't happen too often were you often both pitching complete games or were you able do you have much of a bullpen to come in to come in and help you guys out
3: we actually had a really good bullpen this year. Yohan yeah. uh, did a really good job for us. He uh, he actually stepped in when uh, Owen had to be, got a little bit injured with his arm, had a little trouble for about a month or so. Yeah. Johan stepped up and became a starter for that month or so and actually did a really good job for us. Yeah, Great. But uh, we also have a 17-year-old kid in Esteban, mm-hmm. left-hand pitcher, but probably one of the most rawest kids I've ever seen pitch. He has a fastball it's really good quick a lot of movement on it a little bit wild right now but he's come a long way since the
2: beginning of the season yeah Yeah, he's in regensburg right now with the mlb camp
1: oh right on good so the future looks looks bright for you guys too then yeah yeah i just know like depending on which league we're talking about but often imports they you know they live and die if the on the import and if they don't go nine innings then uh, it could be, could be trouble. So, but it seems like that's not the yep. case with you guys. So, so that's good. Um, so take me through the series then. So game one, they, they surprised you and, and, um, took, took that game. So heading yeah. into game two, um, maybe, uh, how did that go down?
2: Um, well, we knew we basically had to win, uh, game two it would be, it would have been pretty hard to go down two games to nothing in the finals. Um, although uh, that's what happened in 2011 against Montpellier and we we came back winning three here but that's not a good uh, situation to put yourself in so uh, yeah we just stepped it up as a team Um, little things that didn't go our way the first game went our way the second game and uh, it was another close game I think uh, three three nothing nothing. yeah Uh, and then after that, I think we had, we definitely had the momentum, winning the second game, coming back to uh, Luan, uh, closing it out from there. But even games three and four were uh, pretty difficult. Um, they, they mounted late rallies each time and uh, made it really close, especially the, the final, uh, the fourth game. Um, I think Jeff, Jeff came in to close that game after pitching uh, Saturday. Eight innings. Eight innings. Saturday and came in to close the game on Sunday, oh, huh? uh, okay. which was pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, they're a tough team. They um, they really play well together. Montpellier does, yeah. and uh, their lineup was a lot stronger in the playoffs than in the regular season. They, I think, they gained in confidence, and everybody uh, really got more at bats and put together pretty good years.
1: Yeah, Montpellier hasn't really been one of the teams in the in the championship series, I believe in. Maybe you can fill me in on that history a little bit, but I I know obviously they have Rob Herman and and Will that you mentioned, um, but I know typically they're not really one of the the top two or three. Is that correct or?
2: Um, they're, I would say third usually. Yeah. Um, this year, obviously they were second, but they're usually they're usually around there.
1: Yeah. Okay, so. Um, it's, just I don't want to get off track, but is the league fairly balanced? Getting more balanced, I would say, because if I look at this, the uh, final standings from this year, yeah, Montpellier finished third, but it was pretty close behind Senart, and uh, then then it drops off after that. Actually, um, well, you
2: know, actually, this year the league was more balanced than it has been in the past. Um, even the the middle pack teams put together pretty good teams. Toulouse had. Uh, three Brazilian players who were on the WBC team for Brazil, mm-hmm. and they really helped to lose uh, offensively. Mm-hmm. And then um, Paris had a solid team; uh, they they were you know middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, Sonar obviously was was a good team, tough. Um, compared to maybe uh, the Dutch and Italian teams, I would say it's a little more balanced because those leagues you pretty much have four top teams and four bottom teams Yeah. whereas here uh i would say you have okay. like six yeah you really have like six solid teams and maybe the bottom two the team that relegates and gets promoted they're a little weaker obviously but yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty balanced
1: yeah yeah and, and i just ha- i have seen teams moving up and down over the last few years since i've been paying attention i know paris was the team to beat last year or or, um, so I, and now they're more down in the middle of the pack. So it seems like a pretty balanced league. So and you guys come back and win game two. Were you pitching, Owen, in that one?
3: Yeah, he yeah. was. But besides his perfect game, that's probably one of his biggest games he's pitched this year. It was because game. of the atmosphere and the yeah. situation and everything, he yeah. really stepped up for us. We really needed a solid outing from him, and he really stepped up and gave us eight solid innings that day.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm ch- I'm checking out the stats now. Zero earned runs, ten strikeouts, zero walks, in eight innings pitch. So, wow, congrats. I mean, that's a great outing for both of you guys. So you both stepped up in the playoffs, and because um, I know you came back obviously then in Game Three, in ruin you said right. Yeah. So the first two games were on the road. That's kind of yeah. weird how that how that works. Um, with with you guys being in first place at the end of the regular season, you spent. How how do you guys end up on the road in the in the championship series, or how does that work? It's the best
3: of five, so they do the first weekend away for the first two games, uh-huh. and then the last weekend is three games, possibly if you need all three. So they do where the home team gets to play the more games at home if they need it.
1: Okay, okay. So you got that key win three nothing on the road, and then you came back home, and I'm assuming Jeff, you were pitch- you started game three.
3: three yeah. Yeah, we finally got a little more offense for me in that day.
1: Yeah, that a little run support there. You ended up winning six yeah. four.
3: Yeah, I came out after the eighth inning, we were up six to two, and then they kind of put up a little rally in the ninth inning, kinda of gave us a little bit scare, but we were able to close it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see that, yeah. There's Joan came in, in for and pitched for an inning. Yeah. He probably butchered his name too. So now you're up two games to one. You need that one more and Final game uh, on your pitching that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kano Perez, our manager, told me I was going to pitch the the fourth game, and uh, they went p- pretty well. Um, had a little trouble in the eighth inning. Um, the first two guys got base hits, and then I came out. Yoan uh, came in. I guess it's worth mentioning, too, that we had a really uh, good fan turnout this. Uh, those two days here in Wall, probably about seven or eight hundred people per per game, and um, the president of the Europe the Euroleague, Wim Van den Herk, uh, came to came to watch the games and also to kind of look at our field and our organizational setup. And uh, yeah. so he was pretty pleased to see to see that turn out. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Also, he was pretty pleased with I think the level of play. He was uh, quite impressed.
1: Cool. Yeah, I was talking to him uh, a couple of days ago. And I think Jeff's name came up and he said that, yeah, he, he just finished watching you play. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for, for that for next year, but uh, the, the Euro league baseball, hopefully that takes off. I think that'll be a lot of fun, and, but we'll get to that in a bit. So now you guys, so you win the championship, you know, and, and I saw the pictures and it looks like a regular championship. Everyone's celebrating, everyone's having fun. So I don't know that, do, i'm i'm trying i'm thinking of the veteran guys like doesn't it get a little old like oh we won again you know like or is it equally as satisfying each time do you think like what, what's your impression on these guys that have been there through those 13 years and winning 11 championships
3: yeah i think this year was a lot more enjoyable for them i think because especially after what happened last year they didn't want to yeah they didn't want to after i think before last year they were all like in like just like the auto play, basically. Okay, let's go win a championship again. Okay, we won a championship again. Then last year, kind of like knocked them back a little bit. Like, oh, wow. We yeah. actually can lose in this. Hey, we, we It's possible. Yeah. So I think this year, it really motivated to get back to that winning winning uh, pace and um, get back to there. and so It really was, I think it was a lot of emotional for the older guys to win it again since they went
1: last year so they're kind of that so yeah i can see um i could see potentially other you know wanting to prove that they're not over the hill and that you yeah. know they're getting you know that that isn't why they lost and as an old guy myself <clears throat> our team was towards the top of the the league here in austria and we you know we won a couple championships um back in around 2010 and and uh same kind of thing we all started getting older and And uh, there's always that desire to kind of come back and prove yourself, you know, that you can still do it. And we haven't done that yet, (laughs) but I'm I'm thinking maybe next year's the the year. But um, we rely a little more on importing here in Austria than I think maybe the Huskies do Um, because I think there's just a lot of – sounds like there's a lot of depth there and a lot of veteran players. And uh, So how does it look for the future, a lot of youth coming up to maybe take the place of some of these – uh, guys that may be hanging them up in the near future.
2: Yeah, um, uh, we have a solid group of young players: uh, Dylan Gleason, Bastian Daniel, uh, Johan Estebano's pitchers. Uh, yeah, the future looks really good. Actually, uh, we're just trying to uh, figure out, you know, if, how to get enough guys to play during the week. If, uh, if and when the Euro League happens, yeah. it's obviously uh, tough because the most of the guys have school or work during the week and uh yeah but the future looks pretty bright I would say. Um especially, you know, uh the way the the young guys stepped it up this year. Uh our our captain and the national team captain, uh, Boris Marsh uh mm-hmm. announced that he was gonna retire after we won uh the, the fourth game against Montpellier and uh I think Dylan Dylan Gleason will be ready to uh, take over full-time behind the plate and uh that should be
1: You're breaking up a little bit there so yeah it sounds like you know you got a young guy ready to step up in boris's shoes um but he's the only one moving on i you know especially on the on the eve of potentially the the first intercontinental uh or sorry, uh, inter- continental europe league a professional league coming up with the euro league baseball that's kind of a you know i would think he would want to try to tough out one more year but i know how it gets as as you get a little older and you got family and you got you know work and everything i guess it's difficult Uh, so how do you guys plan on like how do you think that's going to work as far as all these guys that have jobs or they're studying or whatever it is um, how are you going to be able to field a team monday to thursday uh and travel across europe how can you kind of walk us through maybe how that might go um
2: well i think we got to be creative about how how to do it um i don't think there's any one solution but it's probably a a mixture of guys you know planning their vacation time maybe around a week where they want to travel to germany and play for four days or five days Maybe take a week, uh, you know, two months later to go to Italy or something like that. And, uh, yeah, finding a couple more pitchers, certainly, uh, foreign pitchers, because that's probably where we're going to be hurting the most is just the amount of games and the amount of innings. We have uh, six good pitchers, but we need probably 10 or 11 if we're going to play five or six games per week. Um, And, uh, yeah, being being smart about the schedule-making, too. If uh, there are vacation periods uh in the in the french calendar or in the european calendar maybe putting some games during those periods yeah. and uh, not uh, going maybe back to back to back weeks of six games, maybe spread it in the calendar. They spread it out over four or five months. So, um, yeah, the big thing, the big thing for us is maybe getting lights at our field because all the other stadiums in the Euro League have lights, so they can start the games uh, later later at night, yeah. which would free up the local guys to come and play. Yeah. But uh, what what might happen here is maybe start the games around six o'clock in the summertime. It's light out until ten or eleven, so that shouldn't be a problem. It might be a little more difficult in april or september though
1: yeah i can hear you uh yeah and i can see that being a challenge because obviously the huskies want to continue to win french championships but you don't want to blow out your pitchers during the week in the elb and then you know they're not ready for the weekend uh, uh for the national competition so are they looking at bringing in more imports is that how it's going to go and and then that comes down to money as well right that's not an easy thing to do on on the budgets that European clubs have.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Uh, we're, I think they're trying to, uh, right now we have one apartment with four guys in it and that's usually the import guys who are in this apartment. What it sounds like they're going to try to, uh, get another apartment and get probably three more imports mm-hmm. for the Euroleague, Yeah. And so that would help with the Euroleague and then also for the French league. So, what it sounds like will happen is the, the import will probably play most. will play the the Euroleague games, and then uh, during the weekend it would be more like the French guys getting the chance. The guys who don't have to work during the week and can't play in the Euroleague will play in the French French games, and then they the import guys will help whenever they need help. It sounds like, yeah. But uh, but also like uh, sponsorship can be huge for getting the money to do be able to do that, and it's sounds like like our president xavier is doing everything he can to get the sponsors he really wants Wall to play in the euro league next year yeah and so but it sounds like i was talking to i think kane our coach and he said that um one of our big sponsors already doubled his sponsor for next year so it's so it's already looking like we're on the right track to getting the sponsors that we need to make the early happen
1: yeah yeah that's great i hope it does fly and it really does come down to finding those sponsors, which isn't easy when we're talking about baseball in Europe. But, yeah. um, you know, coming off a championship, and I see that you guys are doing a lot of marketing. I saw, what did I see? I saw on Facebook, I think it was you, Jeff, um, in standing in front of an uh, advertisement, poster. of your, a poster yeah. of yourself on a, at a bus stop. And that's pretty cool. That's got to feel pretty good, you know, seeing that. That's really cool. And, uh, you know, so I think that's part of it too, just, just keep pushing it, you know. Keep marketing the club and and obviously the new league and their and their place in it. And uh, okay, do, do you mind switching up a little bit? I'd just like to get a few questions about which I've asked both of you before, but maybe things have changed this year in 2015. It's more about the league in general and and your take on. Uh, obviously, I'm involved with the importing of players and everything, so I just wanted to see what your take is on. Uh, do you see more? North American imports coming? Because I know a lot of the time in the past, there's been uh, a lot of Latin Americans. Um, do, you, do you see more imports across the league?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, there's definitely been, a, uh, especially in the French League, um, a Californian uh, spot. To the league, there's a lot of guys from California. We play a team, and finally, one of the guys is an important But oh, where you from? Like, oh, I'm from San Francisco. I'm like, yeah. oh no way, I'm from Sacramento. It's <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, we're having each other not in California, but in France. But uh, but yeah, there's one guy from Montpellier. He was from Bakersfield, and I went to school in Bakersfield. Yeah, so it's kind of funny how things work out. But yeah, I mean, I think. I think in the near future, more guys from North America will be coming overseas to play here. I mean, I've talked to a couple of my buddies who play play minor league ball with, yeah. and they're like, oh, really? Wow, that's, I never thought that was possible to go do something like that. And then, like, it kind of sparks an interest in them, and I think like, if their career ever gets done in the minor leagues, that they might consider going to play overseas too. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think it's it's growing in the States to come play over here.
1: Yeah, especially if the League baseball does – take yeah. path, you know then that's just obviously gonna open more eyes and and uh yeah i I actually noticed that california theme over here too Two, my two roommates are from california sure. and uh you know it just seems like I, we keep running across um imports from around uh around central europe that are from california so it's i don't know it's kind of a weird thing yeah <laughs> maybe it's just i guess well known there compared to other parts of the u.s that that there's these opportunities and so, Owen, what's coming up with you and the French national team uh, in the near future?
2: Yeah, so next year is a pretty important season. Um, the uh, World Baseball Classic qualifiers are in March in Panama. Uh, we're in a pretty strong group with Colombia, Panama, and Spain. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to have a spring training directly before that in the U.S., uh, head there. Then the Euro League takes over. Um, They're planning on doing uh, like a French all-star game next season. Trying to kind of follow the examples in Germany and Italy and Holland. Um, That that should be pretty good. Um, And then next September is the European Championships, uh, Holland. And um, yeah, uh, well, I guess everybody's kind of aware that the 2020 Olympics will have baseball again. So in the long term, I think everybody's kind of hoping uh to qualify for that tournament uh sounds like it's going to be pretty difficult but um at least uh one or two european teams might might make it
1: yeah yeah that'd be great and i think that's going to be an unreal experience you're obviously going to have a busy season <laughs> next year um yeah. are you living there year round now
2: yeah uh, i work um with the club uh coaching at the normandy baseball academy which opens Um, A year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. Uh, the club was fortunate to get a a good donation from MLB's Baseball Tomorrow Fund to build uh, some really good in France. And then um, uh, I also coached the under-15 team with the help of the uh, foreigners while they're here.
1: Very cool. You broke up a little bit there, but the the Baseball Tomorrow Fund to build a... Yeah,
2: the Baseball Tomorrow Fund, yeah, they donated... uh, they donated uh money to help uh build a batting cage complex here right next to our field so now we can practice all year and the academy can work uh year-round
1: wow that's that's pretty cool that's what we need here the baseball tomorrow fund helped us as well uh with the youth diamond here but uh we really could use the batting cages now maybe and then light so we'll maybe send in our application again but that's that's great great news so um Jeff what about you are you coming back next year? Uh, I haven't
3: made any decisions yet. I'm uh, going to go home hang with the family meet my new niece and uh, uh, figure out things what I want to do next year either play play in the league next year with Wall or uh maybe try to get back in the minor leagues. I haven't decided yet what I want to do at this point.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there's no rush, right? So Yeah. It just just coming off a championship, so Any individual awards throughout the season or the playoffs?
3: Yeah, uh, I, our shortstop Larry, he got best hitter for this year for the league. Uh, I got best pitcher and MVP this year. Uh, Owen got MVP for the finals, so it was a pretty good year for us.
1: Yeah, definitely. Awesome, guys. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all unfolds next year and, and, you know, if Jeff's back and if the League baseball takes off and uh, I'll definitely be following both your careers, wherever you are. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, All right. dude. Take care guys. All right. Yeah. Just a quick pause for our sponsor, Sam bat. IBC is now a supplier for Sam bat in Europe. So any clubs looking for team orders can contact me at D burns at baseball overseas.com. And we'll hook you up. Hey, guys, that wraps up episode number 54. I want to congratulate Jeff and Owen on their championship once again and to the rest of the Rouen Huskies, uh, Xavier Roland, uh, Keanu Perez, and all the guys that are doing a great job over there in Rouen. Uh, I also want to congratulate Montpellier and the Barracudas for their efforts uh, for making it an interesting series. I know that they're a tough team to beat, and uh, I know they got a lot of a lot of team chemistry in Montpellier, and I know Rob Herman had a lot to do with that. Hopefully, we'll see him back in 2016 as well. I'm looking forward to following all their careers, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the Huskies in the Euro League, the Euro Baseball League. And uh, yeah, until next time, guys, I'm signing out, and I'll catch you on episode number 55.